This is Ticker Symbol U, a podcast focused on highlighting advanced technologies that are transforming our lives and disrupting their competitors in the process. My name is Alex, and I'm definitely not a financial advisor. I'm just a nerd that loves sharing my personal vision of the future and putting my money where my mouth is. To learn more, find me at tickersymbolu.com or youtube.com slash tickersymboluyou. Let's start with this. Palantir stock has collapsed in the last few days since their most recent earnings call, and Kathy Wood has sold the dip, big time. I've spent the last couple of days really digging into the business and the stock to try to answer one simple question. Why did Kathy Wood sell Palantir, and does that mean that we should too? Hey, wait, that's two questions. Your time is valuable, so let's get right into it, starting with ARK Invest and Palantir. Over the last week, Kathy Wood sold about 60% of her Palantir shares, including massive sales out of ARK K and ARK W, the two funds that she had by far the most shares of Palantir in. When you combine that sale with Palantir's drop in price, the stock dropped from ARK Invest's 19th biggest position overall to their 37th in a single day. These are the kinds of sales that make me think that Kathy Wood will dump the stock entirely over the next week or so. Instead, Kathy Wood bought stocks like Roku, Zoom, UiPath, C-Limited, Roblox, and Shopify. The thing all of these companies have in common is that they're much more pure play names. Kathy Wood often says that when all innovation stocks go on sale, like they have been with the latest inflation news, interest rate news, and Ukraine news, she tends to concentrate down into her most pure play names. These sales don't make Palantir a bad company or Palantir stock a bad stock. It just means it doesn't fit in ARK Invest's niche strategy of investing in pure play innovation. This is why I think ARK Invest is selling Palantir. If we look at ARK Invest's latest stock commentary email from this morning, we can get a little more insight. While surpassing revenue expectations with 34% year-over-year growth, thanks to success in U.S. commercial, Palantir reported a significant deceleration in growth in the larger government division, suggesting perhaps a change in government procurement behavior. This is another situation where I don't agree with ARK Invest, and I'll show you why in a few minutes. For better or worse, neither did other institutions, at least at the end of the last quarter. Over the previous quarter, eight of the top 10 institutional holders of Palantir bought millions of shares. ARK Invest was one of only two of the top 10 institutions to be a net seller of Palantir stock. Let's talk about what's going on with the stock itself, and then dive into the company. Palantir stock is firmly in the young, high-tech growth category. It direct-listed on the New York Stock Exchange less than two years ago, at the start of quarter four of 2020. The stock market right now is punishing every company that doesn't immediately crush insanely high expectations. Let me break that down for you. When the market focuses on things like high inflation, high interest rates, and border conflicts, time horizons shrink, meaning people want returns on their investments sooner and with less risk. As things get more expensive and unpredictable, people want to know that their money isn't locked up for very long. High-growth companies are by definition long-term investments. You're sacrificing profitability today for higher growth down the road. On top of that, rising interest rates make bonds look more attractive since they become higher yield. When that happens, risky stocks look even riskier since they now need to outperform better performing bonds. Rising interest rates also make it more expensive to borrow money. Any algorithm that sees negative incomes will assume a company is cash poor, and these algorithms are responsible for half of all market trading volume, especially in times of high volatility. So this is really a perfect storm for stocks like Palantir, and Palantir really couldn't afford to miss earnings in this kind of market. Let's dive into their earnings right now and talk a little bit about what actually happened and whether or not Palantir is still a good investment as a result. 
At a high level, Palantir's total revenue grew by 41%, which is broken down to 47% on the government side and 34% on the commercial side. By the way, at the end of last year, they guided for revenue growth in excess of 30%, so they absolutely smashed their own revenue guidance for the year. Let's dig into these numbers a bit. According to Capital IQ, there are only five software-as-a-service companies that made over a billion dollars in revenue in the last year that have both higher year-over-year -year revenue growth and higher adjusted free cash flow margins than Palantir. Take that with a grain of salt because that margin adjustment is for things like stock-based compensation, which Palantir is notorious for. Still, Palantir is a very high-growth company when compared to its peers. Another really important slide to understand is that Gotham, Palantir's platform focused on government work, is nearing its full, total addressable market in terms of capabilities. They've expanded Gotham over the years from helping the intelligence community to law enforcement and fraud, to operational intelligence and logistics, and then to AI at the edge. At the same time, Foundry has been expanding from a data platform to analytics, to a simulation engine, and then digital twins. They also specifically call out Hyper Auto, which is one of the reasons I'm so interested in Weijo, and have been interviewing their CEO, Richard Barlow. The reason this slide is important to understand is because as Palantir's capabilities expand, so does the list of clients they can go after. This is why I'm always harping on Palantir's new markets, like when they entered crypto. Palantir's total customer count grew by 71% in 2021, and Palantir is proving to be very sticky. What does very sticky actually mean? It means that every customer they gain spends more and more money with Palantir each year. How much more money? Well, in 2021, Palantir's net dollar retention was 131%, meaning Palantir's existing customers from 2020 or before not only kept working with Palantir, but spent 31% more money with them in 2021. Let's break these numbers down into the government and commercial side since Arkinvest's issue with Palantir seemed to be focused on their growth in government. Government revenue growth year-over-year year was at 47%, but it was heavily front-loaded to the first quarter. My sneaking suspicion on this is that it's because the government's fiscal year is October 1st to September 30th, not January to December. So if government agencies get their budgets in October and then need to start negotiating contracts after that, Palantir's deals might not actually sign until after January. A 90-day turnaround for a government contract doesn't sound so crazy. But what that does tell me is that more government agencies could be spending more of their budgets on Palantir as soon as they get their budgets instead of waiting until later in the fiscal year. Overall, government customer count was flat, but they're clearly getting more work per customer. Their average trailing 12-month revenue per government customer has tripled over the last four years and was up 46% over the last year. It seems like Palantir is getting more money from the government earlier in the fiscal year this year than last year, so I'm not really understanding ARK Invest's stock commentary on the government procurement here. Now let's talk about Palantir's commercial growth, since that's where Palantir's massive total addressable market really is. Palantir's commercial revenue grew 34% for the year, but the quarterly pattern is the exact opposite from the government side. I think this is because private companies try to pay for as much of their next year's costs in December to lower their taxable income for that fiscal year, unlike the government who spends that tax money when they get it in the form of the government budget. Palantir's commercial customer count tripled year over year, but in my opinion, what we really care about is Palantir's U.S. commercial customer business, really for two reasons. First, Palantir's culture in general, and Alex Karp specifically, seem to be very focused on the U.S. Palantir is a patriotic company. Second, their net dollar retention rate in the U.S. is much higher than abroad, 150% compared to 103%, meaning that Palantir is much more sticky with U.S. commercial customers than they are overseas. 
As a result, it's great to see that their U.S. commercial customer count is increasing by almost 400% year over year. Here's the second issue that I'm seeing investors punish Palantir for. With this increased focus on their commercial business comes an increased focus on hiring salespeople. This is an upfront cost that's eating into their profitability today, but is obviously going to pay off in the long run since more salespeople means more clients and more clients times a higher net dollar retention rate is one way to achieve exponential growth. We're already starting to see that exponential growth on the U.S. commercial side, and I expect that growth to continue even more with the addition of more salespeople. As investors, we really need to decide what we want out of Palantir. If we want them to be a software as a service provider, we shouldn't be selling the stock because they're building up a sales team. If we want them to be more focused on the commercial side, we shouldn't sell the stock when the growth on the government side is slowing down. If investors want them to grow exponentially in the future, we shouldn't sell when they're reinvesting in that growth today at the cost of current profitability. Wall Street looks at all these things and sees something bad, but again, analysts are really looking at things quarter by quarter, especially in today's volatile environment. So tweet me at ticker symbol you with your thoughts on Palantir's latest earnings call. Do you see anything that warrants such a sharp decline in their stock price or a reason for ARK Invest to be selling it other than what I already mentioned? I'm excited to hear your thoughts. If you're a long-term investor like me, this is a great setup. A whole bunch of macroeconomic factors are coming together to push Palantir stock down while the company is setting itself up for serious growth down the road. I really like what I saw in their most recent earnings report, and I'm not really seeing why ARK Invest thinks that the government procurement cycle has changed. All I'm really seeing is more of the government's business coming Palantir's way earlier in the government's fiscal year. If anyone sees it differently, I'd be happy to hear about it in the comments as well, because my current plan is to start loading the boat at these prices. Maybe I'll even end up buying some of the shares that Kathy Wood just sold. Hopefully, this episode helped you understand the disconnect between Palantir's growth as a company and the decline of their stock, as well as why Kathy Wood selling it isn't really a reflection of the company as much as it is ARK Invest's goals and their investment style. And if you're looking for more bite-sized insights every day, I'm always posting new content to Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, even TikTok. So, go follow Ticker Symbol U on whatever channels you're already surfing. Either way, stay long, stay strong, and thanks for watching. Until next time, this is Ticker Symbol U. My name is Alex, reminding you that the best investment you can make is in you.